the Cleveland Cavaliers select Evan Mobley. It's been a historical franchise in this league for years. We have a trade to announce. The Boston Celtics select Jason Tatum. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the NBA front office show. A lot going on around the NBA, including something that literally broke right as we decided to start recording. <laughs> Keith Smith joining me. You can find him on Twitter at Keith Smith NBA. I'm Trevor Lane. You can find me at Trevor underscore Lane. Keith, uh, this could be big for the Portland Trailblazers. Damian Lillard undergoes surgery for that abdominal injury and is now out indefinitely. Yeah, and it's funny talking about how things are breaking just as we're recording. Uh, Chris Haynes, first one to tweet uh, anything that had a timeline, and his says six to eight weeks mm. uh, for um, for Damian Lillard. So everybody else had kind of left it as indefinitely and uh, you know could be season ending and all that. So six to eight weeks, that puts us, uh, let, let's say, Six weeks, that'd be what beginning of March. Eight weeks is the middle of March. You're talking yeah. a month, month and a half left in the season. Uh, my guess is if that timeline is accurate, this he's probably done for the year. Because if you look at where they're at in the standings and record wise, it, what are you bringing them back for at, at that point? No, no disrespect to the rest of the guys on the roster, but uh, that's uh, you know, that, that's got to be a real question. And they've won their last two games, one against the Kings and then one against the Nets. They they picked up that win yeah. and now have moved up to the 10 seed in the West. Yeah. And so they're in the play-in tournament if the playoffs were to start right now. But now without Damian Lillard, you would have to imagine this shifts the Blazers probably more into a seller mindset once we hit the trade deadline. I, I would think. I mean, if you're Portland, you, you do you really want to be chasing the play-in? Like, that's not – it just seems like that's not – where I would want to be. I would almost take this. It, clearly, this is not a Tim Duncan draft. This is not that type of scenario, um, you know, fully. But it's kind of sort of like that where the Spurs said that one year, like, all right, David Robinson's out. Mm -hmm. We have other injuries. We're just going to bottom this thing out and see where it goes. Now, they're two. I mean, they're still like eight, nine games ahead of the Magic. Um, who have the the worst odds, but you only got to get down to you know four and those flattened mm -hmm. lottery odds and all that stuff and see see where it goes. So I I would I would do that. I now would pivot. I would start moving on from players. Uh, two for sure are Yusuf Nurkic and Robert Covington. Yeah, uh, we talked before that they're kind of stuck in the bird rights trap with those guys, where it's we have no real way to re replace them as free agents if they leave. So you almost have to resign them, and that generally means you get stuck in a questionable contract or something like that. So I think what I would do is I would move on from those two guys see what I could get um, for them. It's not, you're not going to get any amazing return package, but you should get helpful assets in terms of young players, maybe a pick or two. And then, then maybe I would at least poke around and see what does it look like for CJ McCollum? What does it look like for uh, Norman Powell? Um, and then just kind of wait this thing out, bottom out, get a good high draft pick, come back with Damian Lillard, maybe some increased flexibility and off we go. And if you, if they've, if they're too good, they can cost themselves their draft pick this year. And they're not yep. going to be good enough to really make a, a deep playoff run or anything Correct. like that. So you might as well 
bottom out as much as you can because you have the added incentive of, okay, well, then we get to keep our pick if it's in the lottery. Yeah, that's huge. That part is huge because you're absolutely right. Because otherwise, well, what's your what, what what's your best case scenario? You kind of hang right around where you're at mm. right now. Game gets back. And then what? You win two games in the play-in tournament. Maybe you only need to win one, but you win in the play-in tournament. You get in as the eight seed. Then you lose your pick and you're you're not beating the Suns or the Warriors or mm-hmm. probably even the Jazz um, if they, they move up. So, yeah. So, or. Yeah, I mean, I guess we we really need to give more love to the Grizzlies. Yeah, now, <laughs> ten right wins now, in a row. Hide the Jazz, um, ten wins in a row. So yeah, it's uh, yeah, that's where I would really look at this and say, all right, you know, let's just that's not where we want to be, and that can be really hard for franchises, especially the smaller markets, because making the playoffs still has value. But I, I think the Blazers fans would get it. I think they would fully understand like, Hey, we've had a lot of really good years here, um, but never quite those great ones. If this is the best way to reset things moving forward, let's do this. Let's, let's really kind of bottom this out as much as we can reset and go. And you look at, you know, um, got it, the, now, now the team is completely so. Oh, the Toronto Raptors. Mm-hmm. Look at what they did last year, right? They kind of had the season from hell and bottomed it out. Ended up with the fourth pick, got Scotty Barnes. Uh, basically, then retained a lot of their guys, brought some of the some of the same guys back, and now they're looking pretty good. They're they're a team that's going to be you know competing for one of those final playoff spots in the East. So you know you could get right back to where you were if you're Portland without really a whole lot of pain. Now, Damian Lillard has long been rumored to be the target in a Ben Simmons trade for, for Daryl Morey and the 76ers. Does this change anything in, in that in that negotiation and that whole dynamic? Damian Lillard now probably, I mean, he's going to be on the shelf through the trade deadline. What does this mean for the 76ers, their pursuit of Lillard, a potential Ben Simmons trade? What happens now with those two teams? Yeah, I would hope it doesn't change anything from Philadelphia's side. If you really felt like, hey, we can get Damian Lillard, we want Damian Lillard, still go get him because the zero you get from him over the next six to eight weeks equals the exact same zero you're going to get from Ben <laughs> Simmons. So why why not, right? And especially if you feel like, hey, this surgery is going to correct whatever's wrong with with uh, Damian Lillard that's going to get him back to being the guy that he used to be. I mean, let's face it, he's had kind of a rough year. Mm -hmm. Uh, This was obviously bothering him over the summertime in the Olympics, too. Um, You know, whether that's where he got hurt or it was just still hurting him. Then um, this is something that's carried now for several months. So if you're looking at it more as if your Philly is, all right, if we get anything out of him the rest of this year, bonus, but I'm not going to really you know, worry about that too much. I That's more of a next year and beyond kind of move if that's where, where you're looking. And then if you're you're Portland, if you're thinking like, hey, you know, maybe it is time to move on from Damian Lillard, maybe we go. My guess is this is not that. My guess is this is get him fixed. We're going to go a different direction with our team. Now we have full reason to say to everybody, just forget it this yeah. year. Let's go. And they just hang on to alert and, and move that direction. Yeah. If anything, I would imagine this causes the the Blazers to be more entrenched in keeping Damian yeah. Lillard because other teams can come to the Blazers and say, well, he's hurt. So we're not going to give you quite as much. And for the Correct. Blazers, it, it makes no sense to, to deal yep. with any kind of a diminished asset return in that type of no. situation. You might as well just wait, just let him get healthy I mean, and then go from in- there. Yeah, it's Damian Lillard. I mean, you trade him for the same stuff you'd get this summer anyway, mm-hmm. 
great if you want to. And unless he comes back and looks absolutely horrible, like all of a sudden this surgery made him worse, which it's it's not going to. So yeah, I that that that's the direction I think you you know highly consider. All right. Speaking of Ben Simmons, uh, the standoff continues. Adrian yeah, Wojnarowski. We're not playing the siren. No, not, not worth it on this one. <laughs> but uh, Adrian Wojnarowski reported that essentially Rich Paul and Daryl Morey, they, they met Elton Brand as well. Uh, they met and you would think, okay, they're going to meet and something's going to change. But they met and everything is exactly the same. Ben Simmons wants out. Ben Simmons will not play for the 76ers. The 76ers are still hoping that he will play for them. Why? I'd. I don't know, but but yeah. apparently this that is be still like their me top and you goal. meeting for lunch about the future for an office show and coming back and saying, "All right, well, we're going to keep doing the show." <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> Nothing changed, you know. Uh, my hope is, do you, do you remember? You've seen Mighty Ducks movies, uh-huh. right? You've seen all and, of them. Yep. In fact, I Did just watched D two the other night, just for fun, randomly. I put it on two That's nights my ago. Favorite my one. wife was making fun of me. She's like, "Really? We're watching this?" I said, "Yes, we are." <laughs> Julie the cat, man. That's right. Um, I had a crush on Julie the cat back in the day, so we'll just leave that there. <laughs> um, but I, uh, I in the third one when the varsity takes oh, yeah. the, the the freshman team out to 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 the dinner, and then they stick them with the massive bill because it's like lobsters and steaks and everything. Yeah, that's right. I just hope one side or the other did that here, like either Clutch stuck the Sixers <laughs> with a huge bill or the Sixers stuck Clutch with a bill, and we we go from there. That would certainly be, that would add to the, that's going to come out like a year from now, right? Somebody's going to be doing yeah. an interview with somebody and it's going to oh, come yeah. out I hope. and it's going to be a fun little, little detail. But you know, let me tell you, I don't understand, and this is a complete tangent here. Mighty Ducks won, right? There, there's youth hockey team that's terrible. And then they make this big rise to beat like the area champ. Suddenly D2, they're the best hockey players in the entire country, right? And they're going on and yeah. taking on the world. And then... In Mighty Ducks 3, they're back to suddenly we're struggling against the varsity team. Like, if you were to take, like, the Olympic development team for soccer, yeah. you were to take those kids, right, take the take the freshmen or sophomores, they're probably going to kick the butts of a lot of just regular high school yeah. varsity teams because they're that highly skilled. So if these kids are suddenly that good, where they're taking on the best in the world, now the next year they're struggling against the varsity, it makes no sense. Get it together, Mighty Ducks. Come on. Yeah, they poked holes all through that. Or you just poked holes all through that. I had the same exact problem. Here's the point. Even my, our daughter said to us when she, because she just watched them, because then we watched the TV show, which was fun. And oh, that, that was fun, fun movies. too. I did see even that. she was like, wouldn't, if they were good enough to represent the United States, wouldn't they be able to beat just a high school team? Exactly. And yeah, probably. So, yeah. all right. Well, we'll 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 continue trashing the Mighty Ducks at another time. But yeah, I mean the Ben Simmons stuff. There's there's nothing new here, right? It's it's the same same thing. So instead of just repeating, there's nothing new. We we gave you a pretty good Mighty Ducks breakdown. Yeah, exactly. We had uh, what power level fluctuations like the Winter Soldier and Marvel were same type of idea. Suddenly he gets a TV oh, yeah. show and he can't deal with civilians anymore. Um, yeah. So I do want to mention though. There's this came out. I think this was from Jake Fisher for Bleacher Report uh, mentioning that Ben Simmons is going to need some time. Like if, if Simmons gets traded, let's say he's traded tomorrow, wherever he goes, it's not like he's playing the next day. It's going to take some time for him to ramp up. So not that that's a deterrent from a trade or anything like that, but just fans, I think, have to keep that in mind. If you're if you wind up being a fan of the team that trades for Ben Simmons, you also have to realize that there's going to be a waiting period. There's going to be some time for him before he's going to be able to get back out on the floor. 
Yeah, I think I don't know that I buy the full. He's going to need a few weeks. Sure. I, I don't know that I'm there. I, I also don't think. Yeah, I don't think. I mean, in general, do we see this every year when there's trades? I mean, Bull Bull hasn't. Uh, he, he got traded a couple days ago. He's probably still a couple days away from playing for the Pistons. Mm-hmm. It's just how it goes. It takes time for guys to travel to the new place. They usually want them to run through at a minimum of practice or a shoot around. Now, it's a little different if you're talking, you know, Hey, we were the Nets and we acquired James Harden. James Harden's good enough that you ought to be able to throw him out there and you you figure it out as right. you go. But with Simmons, my guess is this is probably get him to the new destination, give him a week of kind of ramp up time, another week of, uh, you know, kind of adjustment time, get him integrated in your schemes a little bit and there you go. So I realized two weeks in a few weeks, I mean, maybe that's all saying the same thing, but yeah, I don't think this is going to be anything where he's traded and then he sits out for months. I was asked on a, on a, uh, a radio appearance this week of, do you think, what if he went somewhere he didn't want to go? Would he then turn around and say, no, I'm not like, and just, I'm still not playing the whole in, process. You know, Minnesota or whatever. I don't think that's the case. I think he's been pretty clear 29 other places. He's ready to play and, and let, let's go. And so, so my guess is, yeah, you need, he'll need a little bit of time, but it's not like it's going to be, you know, a month or more before he debuts. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Um, let's talk about some, some transaction moves here, uh, news here. Uh, the Lakers made a relatively minor move, but still two-way contract. Jay Huff was waived, and they brought back Siku Dumboya. And mm-hmm. the weird thing with this is they actually waived Siku Dumboya from a two-way contract back in the middle of November. Uh, now they've brought him back again. They waived him, though, because he was injured at the time. He had a foot injury, and they had players dropping left and right. And so they knew yeah. they needed somebody that they could put on the floor. And so they gave Shondi Brown that spot back then and now that Siku Dumboya is healthy they decided to go with him it also fits in with the Lakers current mindset of we're going to play more small ball so that's where a guy like Jay Huff a seven footer he's he probably has no chance of getting on the floor when he when Dwight Howard's not getting into a lot of games Jay Huff there's realistically you're probably never going to turn to him whereas a wing like Dumboya possibly when you're playing smaller you may break glass in case of emergency have to turn to him at some point so it makes sense for the Lakers to do this, even if it is a little bit weird that they just waved him a couple of months ago and then they say, come on back. Yeah, absolutely. And you're spot on. I mean, Dwight Howard is playing five, 10 minutes most nights. And then DeAndre Jordan doesn't play at all. Yeah. So you're, you have no reason to keep, as you said, a third seven footer uh, on this roster. So yeah, you know, get, get them boy in there. They, they seemed excited to have him when they first got him and then he got hurt very quickly. So it does make sense that, you know, Hey, let's bring him back and see, see where we're at. Um, you know, for a team that I, you know, continue to say they, they don't have a lot of even like, just take a flyer on young, upside yeah. plays here like it's kind of now they've made a couple tweaks and they, they the one on roster guys talon horton tucker obviously and then but now you have Domboya and mason jones as a couple guys of let's see what we got mm-hmm. here and that's kind of what the two-way spots should be used for so I, I i think this this is one that makes a lot of sense and i apologize i left austin reeves out i was gonna say um, hbk yeah, austin reeves yeah, that's true. Yeah, he. Then that was 
totally my fault there. Yeah, he's another you know younger upside play uh, kind of guy. So yeah, I mean this this is what the two way spots are for. You should be kind of churning through them, and it kind of sucks for Jay Huff, but he'll pop back into the G League, and because he's a seven footer, that Ashoni can play a little bit. He'll get another shot somewhere. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And again, from the from the Lakers side, it just it makes sense to have more wings on the roster, and they just kind of got rewarded for taking a chance on a wing because now they've got a guy that's been in their starting lineup in, in Stanley Johnson, and not that yeah. he's an all star or anything like that but anytime you can find a player that you can plug into your system uh that's a good thing and again they just got rewarded for uh for finding a wing so why not take a chance on another one here uh lance stevenson this has been a lot of fun lance stevenson now back with with the pacers um looks like he's going to be there the rest of the season he's been great for them he's been getting assists he's been in fact i was watching uh the pacers game the other day and the announcers were debating is Lance Stevenson, where does he rank in terms of best passers? They had him as the second best passer on the team. And that's, oh, that's, well, I, was, I was like, whoa, wait, like in the league? Oh, like, no, 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 no. On the, on okay. the team, on that particular team, they behind have him as Sabonis. the second best, best passer. Yeah. Behind Sabonis. And I thought that's, that's a pretty strong indicator that, yeah, they, they see him as a fit moving forward. If you're already identifying his skill set as being anywhere near the top of the team coming off the street, essentially. Yeah, my guess is, well, I don't not guess. This is another 10 day mm. for him because they still are dealing with a couple guys out in the protocols. And then what will happen is they have an open roster spot. So we'll either likely slide him into it or they'll wait and see what materializes at the trade deadline. Then if there's still a spot open, then they'll they'll bring him in for the rest of the season. Because this is the right way to do it. Uh, they're closer to the tax line than I think they ideally would like to be there. They're, uh, let me make sure I get the number right. Yeah, they're only about $2.3 million under the tax. So that's that's tight for a team that's not very good. Uh, so you want to you don't want to lock into a rest of the season contract because they're fully guaranteed until you absolutely have to. So if you can kind of get them on this uh, you know, 10-day that doesn't count against the tax again on the hardship, absolutely you go for it and you kind of make it happen from there. So, yeah, I mean, and he's playing really well. They played Boston the other night. They're going to mm-hmm. play Boston again tonight. Um, he had points in the, those games. He was there easily their best playmaker off the bounce um, because they, they didn't have Levert and Brogdon. They are getting those two back tonight. Um, they will both play and be available. But there's still a spot for Lance Stevenson uh, in that Pacers rotation for sure. And they're showing the crowd. Lance Stevenson checks in. And there's people in the crowd in in Pawnee doing the three guitar <laughs> yeah. and and everything. And I'm like, you yeah. know, this is it's fun for a team yep. that hasn't had a lot to smile about this season. That's a, it's a fun story to to follow. And uh, and so I think it's kind of something that beyond just the impact on the floor, I think it's something that they need right now. Yeah. Now, the only way this goes sideways on you is if all of a sudden uh, Chris Duarte, he's out right now because I. I think he won in the protocols, but then I know he's also out because uh, I believe he's having his first child um, or his more accurately, his wife is having their first child, um, but or his partner. I don't know if it's his wife, so I should be be cautious. The only way it goes sideways, though, if when Duarte is back is if Lance plays over him and Duarte's not getting minutes, that's not 
good, right? You, Correct. You, in a year that's kind of lost, you want to be giving those minutes to to your kids. But, you know, as long as, you know, he's not hurting anything. I mean, nobody, he's not playing over anybody else that should be playing or anything like that. So, yeah, I mean, that's, you know, yeah, have some fun with it. You know, give the fans something to cheer about and get excited about and go from there. Okay, let's talk a little Clippers and Paul George. A little bit surprising. We got the news not long ago that Kawhi Leonard might be back, that he's ahead of schedule and now we're starting to hear that Paul George with the UCL injury could potentially be done for the season and that the Clippers might already be of the mindset, surprisingly, that they're going to go into this trade deadline as a seller looking to move off of some pieces and not worry about winning games this year, which to me, if they do go down that path, that probably suggests well, we don't see Kawhi Leonard come back. Keith? I, I'm I, a little bit of whiplash here because it felt like everything was starting to pick up for the Clippers. They got a big win over the Denver Nuggets, an improbable mm -hmm. one. Uh, I think that was just last night, a big 25 yeah. point comeback. And now here we are getting this report that uh, they may actually be looking to kind of pack it in for the season. Yeah, the Denver Nuggets did their best Boston Celtics uh, impersonation <laughs> by blowing a massive fourth quarter lead and running offense like they have never seen each other nor played together before. Um, but yeah, the Clippers, they're 21 and 21, eighth in the in the West. So they're they're right there in that play and uh, mix with really Denver, Dallas, Lakers, Minnesota. It's probably the group there. I'll cut it um, at Minnesota on that group because then it's then your next tier is kind of Portland, San Antonio, Sacramento, New Orleans mm -hmm. um, for that that tenth and final spot. I don't know. Dallas is starting to pull away now. They're starting to play pretty good. They've yeah. got six straight wins. They're uh, they're four games above five hundred. They've they, pulled away a little. They bit. beat Chicago. Mm -hmm. Yeah, beat it. Yeah, beat Chicago. Not not a blowout, but with but they were good. Handily, they mm -hmm. they were in control. Um, the whole way. And then Denver just, I know this is a clipper section, but Denver Woj reported just, I think it was yesterday. They think they're going to get Jamal Murray and Michael Porter back on the court hmm. uh, before the end of the season. So if they do that, the nuggets are, I think maybe they're the team we wait all year, but I'm just kind of waiting on the nuggets to rip off like a five or six game win streak and really stabilize everything and look pretty good. Right. Um, beyond that, you're not catching anybody above you. Memphis has won 10 in a row. Uh, they're now tied with the Jazz uh, for third yep. in the West in terms of being games back. And Utah's uh, lost Suns three in a row, so that's part of that. Yep. The, and Donovan Mitchell, you know, kind not of letting happy. his teammates have it, as we talked about um, already. Uh, Suns and Warriors are clearly not catching them. So if you're the Clippers, you kind of start to think, or what's our end game here? Now, I think if Paul George was healthy, we can get Kawhi back on the floor. We can go in kind of what we all thought the Lakers would be last year as, man, that's the seventh AC nobody wants to yep, see because right. you're loaded with talent, a ton of guys you can really play. Or you look at it and say, you know what, even with that, we probably don't have enough to beat the Suns or the Warriors um, or the Jazz or maybe even the Grizzlies. Uh, I don't know why you think that about the Jazz. Clippers have had quite the success against them. But it's it's too hard of a road for us. Let's just keep Paul George out if he's you know going to have to really bust to get back. Keep Kawhi out. We'll move some of these guys because what they could do is with guys like Eric Bledsoe, Serge Ibaka, um, you could move those guys out in trades. You're not going to get a ton back, but maybe you get guys who are slightly more useful for into next year. Um, for for your team and that that could be how you could really start to kind of spin this forward it's different from the trailblazers who we talked in our last um segment of 
they bottom it out and really start to sell off fully. This isn't a sell-off for the Clippers. It's probably more of a, hey, Eric Bledsoe, similar value type player, but somebody who's under contract for a couple more seasons, that works for us because that's when George and Leonard will be fully up to speed and that's where we go. So that could be the direction you're looking if if you're the Clippers. And then maybe you could do, you know, a sell-off of sorts of, you know, guys like maybe Luke Kennard, uh, Marcus Morris, maybe even Nicholas Batum, if that's where you wanted to go, you you could go that direction too. Well, and this is all stemming from a report from Jake Fisher of, uh, of Bleacher Report. And it is interesting. He does mention Marcus Morris as a guy Mm -hmm. that they could look to move on from as well. And their focus will be hanging on to some of their younger guys. Terrence Mann was listed as one of the guys that they would not part with. But again, this is, this is such an interesting turn considering we were thinking, Oh, the Clippers, you know, they're going to get Paul George back. They're going to get Kawhi Leonard back. They're going to be that team. Nobody wants to play. And now here we are talking about them perhaps being a surprise seller. And we're going to do that pretty soon. We're going to break down buyers and sellers on this show and heading into the trade deadline once things start to materialize a little bit more, once it's a little more solidified. But I think if we move the Clippers over to the seller side of it, it could change the entire look of the Western Conference in terms sure. of what does the bottom of the table look like? What is What do teams at the top do? Because you could even imagine a scenario where Kawhi comes back, Paul George comes back, and the teams that are at the top could do a little bit of maneuver to try to get out of the path of playing yeah. a full-strength Clippers team. But if that threat isn't there because the Clippers are saying, hey, we came into this season, and this is, again, in the, the Fisher report, they came into this season thinking this is going to be kind of a gap year for them. They're, they're, it's going to be a down season, and they're going to come back next year. Maybe that takes away some of the incentive to avoid this Clippers team. Yeah, it absolutely could. It, 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 this is these are the types of fascinating um, looks when you really get into it. Of all right, where is this team going to go? Uh, there's different paths you could go here. Morris, very tradable contract, fifteen point six million. That's something that just about every team in the league can get to with relative ease. Um, we've talked a lot about how hard it is for the Lakers to match salary in a mm-hmm. trade. That's a number they could get to very easily. Now that'd be weird. They don't often do trades uh like that between the clippers and the lakers but i mean the last one they did was disastrous yeah 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 (laughs) that guy's still hanging around yes uh, the the clippers too and playing okay um but morris man he would really fill a need for the lakers as a you know uh, forward with size that can score defend a little bit do do some stuff so um you know maybe they they you know, could that be where you wanted to throw the Horton Tucker and none package? And if you're the Clippers, are you looking at it and saying, yeah, that's not bad because then we'll have those guys into next year and that, that'll help us, you know, uh, with next year's roster bounce. If we can move Bledsoe and, you know, then, then we move it. So those are the kind of conversations I think you have to have if you're the Clippers and you'll kind of see see where it goes um, because you could really set yourself up well to, again, kind of, you know, say, all right, whatever this year is, is, and we'll figure that out as we go. Maybe they don't even fall out of the play-in, but we're not going to push overly hard. The good news is they said Paul George, I think they said two to three weeks, mm-hmm. um, there'd be an update at the time of his uh, his um, the injury announcement. So that's plenty of time in advance of the trade deadline. Now, they should have a pretty good understanding of, is he coming back? When is he coming back? Is he not coming back at all? And then you make your decisions from there. And there's one team out there that is certainly on the side of pack it in Clippers, call it a season, trade some pieces <laughs> away. And that, surprise, surprise, is the Oklahoma City Thunder. Sure. Who have the Clippers' first round pick. So that could be uh, kind of a ripple effect here uh, that where 
they're the draft pick they get from the Clippers. If the Clippers decide, hey, we're going to, you know, we're going to move off some pieces. We're going to get ready for next yep. year. That type of thing. We're not going to rush back Paul George or Kawhi. Uh, the, the Oklahoma City Thunder may benefit. And they own that free and clear with no protections, too. So that's uh, another thing you have to really look at as you get into this stuff, because that is, um, you know, that is, you know, really important. But that's also the reason why if you're the Clippers, I don't know if I want to fully bottom this thing right. up because we there's no reason to. We don't have our picks. So, yeah, a lot, a lot of intrigue there. But, you know, like a couple other teams, we'll know better here in the next couple of weeks. All right. Um, little incident. I guess not little because these guys are massive human beings, but <laughs> incident between Contavious Caldwell-Pope and Montrez Harrell, former Lakers, both played together with the Lakers last year. Uh, punches thrown uh, in the locker room last night uh, for the Washington Wizards. Not, not a great scene. I mean, look, I guess here's the thing. Like, we're going to react to this. And obviously any type mm -hmm. of, of physical altercation people are going to react to. But I'd also caution that these guys are around each other a lot. Right? A lot, a lot. And sometimes guys can just get on each other's nerves and you almost get kind of like a, almost like a sibling type of dynamic going on there. I don't think this means these guys hate each other or yeah. anything like that, but it is still noteworthy and certainly not a good look around the franchise. Yeah. It doesn't always get to throw in punches. Very like true. That's where that part, that's a step above arguments every single week. You see a couple guys will get into it and argue, and yes. especially when guys have been together for a little bit, and it's a you know tense situation and that. And and Washington is a team they'd slipped under 500. They've won a couple in a row to get back above the 500 mark. So you you do kind of look at it and say, all right, well, you know, where are you know well, what is happening here with that? And you know, my my guess is this will be you know probably nothing. They both played their normal amount of minutes in the mm -hmm. second half of that game uh, after you know getting into it at halftime. So there wasn't even any kind of discipline there. And and we haven't heard any more stories today about, you know, uh, anybody's hurt or, you know, asking for a trade or, uh, you know, uh, Washington has uh, familiarity with things going really sideways in that locker room. So, um, you know, uh, uh, Javaris Critton didn't anyone. Um, so we'll, uh, you know, we'll, we'll, you know, Hopefully that's all it is, is they, they got into it and everything's good and off we go. So uh, they are playing tonight. So my guess is at some point someone will be asked about it. Uh, let's let's do a positive Wizards note. Thomas Bryant going to play tonight oh, or available good. to play first time in over a year uh, for him since he tore his uh, left ACL last season. Uh, that team's got more bigs than they know what to do with. They, they That screams making a trade. There, because even a lot of their bigs aren't even guys who can really play the three either. So, you know, let's see what what happens with, with the Wizards. But Thomas Bryant came back, so that's that's good news for them. Uh, I should also mention, I'm sure it's coincidence, but uh, the Washington football team was also the one that had a couple of players throwing punches at each other on their <laughs> sideline. So maybe it's the location. Maybe that that was the, the tent city, Trevor. It's a tense. That's city. that's what it is. That's what it is. Um, all right. Let's finish off, though, with a positive here. The Cavs, Kobe Alt Altman, they are rewarding him with a contract extension. This has been one of the feel-good stories in the NBA this season, a team that everybody expected to be terrible. I expected them to be terrible this season. I think just about everybody did. And here they are right in the thick of things in the playoffs. They've been performing way better than anybody expected. Evan Mobley has been tremendous. It's been a lot of fun. And so they are rewarding Kobe Altman with that, with that extension. And it, it makes... 
perfect sense given the way things have gone for them and uh, good to see. And he's getting the bump to uh, president of basketball operations from mm-hmm. general manager. Uh, that is kind of notable because that would presume he'll then have the ability to hire a general manager under him, um, which is 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 big. Uh, we're seeing more and more teams go to this. It's in the end, it really matters of who is the 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 final decision maker. Exactly. I mean, I, I think uh, Masai Ujiri's title now is something like Lord and Emperor of all things Raptors or something <laughs> like that. But I mean, as it should be, right? But it's yep. it, it's what it feels like it's ultimately who's the final decision maker in this case it's kobe altman and will be uh for you know years to come we talked a lot about it with the orlando magic why these things are important Cavs are clearly ahead on the rebuild uh train um but again now if you are now what you're going to be looking to do if kobe altman is add pieces to what you've built over the next whether it's the trade deadline in the next uh, off season or whatever and what you can can make as part of your selling point there is hey i want to you know bring this guy in and then that guy and his agent know i'm signing with the team where this guy's likely to be here for at least the duration of my contract or right. most of it and it's not going to be one of these this guy's on his way out the door and the next guy ends like well, i didn't sign him so i can you know trade this guy away away with ease so yeah it's uh you know i think it's you know this is you know beyond being amazing news for kobe altman and himself and his staff and because a lot of times that's what's forgotten a lot of times then the staff gets uh contracts that mm-hmm. that run a little longer uh these these guys so this, this is great news all around for the Cavs and well deserved for a team that has you know really really played good basketball this year yeah i mean right now sitting in the sixth seed in the eastern conference but certainly not out of the run the running for the four seed maybe even the three yeah. seed i mean they're they're right there. They've got the. They still have the best point differential in the conference. I mean, who would have yeah. thought that? Here we are. We're at the halfway point in the season. Who would have thought the Cavs would have yeah. the best point differential in the entire Eastern Conference? And the fourth best in the entire NBA. Like, Amazing, crazy. Now, one thing I will say is, got to keep winning games. Yes. They're only three games out of being completely out of the playing and all together because because you've got a bunch of teams kind of you know creeping up there. So, hey. You know, I don't think they'll fall out that far because it's a lot of a lot of teams you'd have to fall behind. Mm-hmm. But you know, keep winning games and you you'll be there. I you know, let's see, maybe a team catches them and they're they're in the play-in. But even a trip in the play-in would be a you know a huge step forward for the Cavs this year. Yeah, four and six in their last ten, which is the worst record of anybody. Well, it ties the Brooklyn Nets for worst record yep. of the teams that are above the play-in line. So that's not great. But again, uh, this this team has definitely outperformed their expectations. So. Good stop for them, and uh, and wanted to make sure that we finished on a positive story like that. Uh, Keith, whew, halfway through the season, here we are, and the trade deadline coming up quick. We've got so much more to break down, everybody. We can't wait. And, uh, man, it feels like every day there's a new trade, trade rumor, something else coming out. Yeah, and today the intention was not to record this late. Uh, we we had some stuff going on that pushed us a little later, and it worked out because we we got some news that broke a little bit mm-hmm. later, and and we're able to react to it uh, more fresh than than tomorrow. So that that's fun fun too. But yeah, we've got a lot of stuff uh, planned for uh, the the yeah, next few weeks, four weeks from tomorrow. 
to to the trade deadline. So that's uh, you know really kind of wild stuff that we're we're almost there. And then uh, you know we've got a lot of stuff. We've also at some point in there we got to pick our all star teams. That's right. Uh, because you know we we got to do that on both sides. So we've got a whole lot of stuff uh, coming for you guys. Uh, both playing stuff and then of course reacting to all the latest news and notes around the league. That's right. So make sure you are subscribed to the NBA Front Office YouTube channel. Turn on notifications. And don't forget to follow us wherever it is that you listen to podcasts. Till next time, everybody. Stay safe and see you.